up, friends? Welcome back to Lesbian Honest. I'm Ash. I'm here with my amazing wife, Kirst. Hey, guys. All right, so we are on episode number two. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so what we are, we're going to go back. We're going to go back in time. We've just shared with you guys essentially how, like, Ash and Kirst went from, like, friends to suddenly now dating. Yeah. Um... So let's go back to that time. Let's go back to us falling in love now. We had such a good foundation based off of, um, like, our friendship that we'd had for a little over a year that we were comfortable. We knew a lot about each other. We hung out all the time. We talked all the time. Um, so let's go back to we've been outed. Yep. Our parents have found out. And um, I only really have one parent around at the time. Yeah, I think it was, it's hard to put a pulse on like days, weeks, because it all was such a blur at that point in our life. But I feel like there were significant things that happened, like in sequence, like there was the, um, you know, being found out and then being sat down by parental units to kind of like tell us like, we love you, but... We don't approve of this. You can't live this life. Yeah. You can't choose this lifestyle. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about choosing the lifestyle. That that, that was something that we heard a lot during this time. Yeah. That was a uh, founding statement. How do you feel about it? I feel like, you know, people, I like I've told people a lot. I don't like labels at all. Um, I... You know, know that people like to put people in boxes and it helps them, I think, mentally accept things. But for me, it's more, I would have loved Ashley regardless of her gender. So if she was a guy, I still would have fallen in love with her the same. Um, Thank goodness I wasn't because we'd probably have quite a few more children. It could, yeah. We'd have been very young parents more than likely because <laughs> when we fell in love, we fell in love hard. Yeah. Um... And we got together so young that, like, by the time that, you know, we were in our early 20s or, like, late teens, we'd already been together for a hot second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we got, to, this was something that we were told a lot, that this is a phase, um, that this isn't really how we feel, that we're too young, um, then the whole religion thing came into effect with it. Yeah, that's so. kind of like the first place I feel like both of our families ran to kind of fix, try to fix whatever they thought was quote-unquote wrong. Oh, yes, yeah. um, The pray the gay way. Yeah, just the constant, you know, I remember being like reached by multiple members of the church. You know, if I would go to church, which was kind of like at that point, I, we, we, we felt automatically like we weren't welcome. Um, but there were individual people within the church that would seek us out, um, and like ask to pray with us on the side to see what they could do to try to help us navigate, you know, these feelings and try to use the Bible to not scare us, but not, not scare us exactly into thinking that what we were doing was wrong. Um, and it was just a really confusing time. I feel like they were almost building their platform to stand on to back the words that they were sharing with us on why 
us being in love and us being in a same sex relationship was so wrong. And right. that, and that a lot of it was blamed on that we were so young, that it was teenage hormones, that we didn't have the opportunity to date other people. Um, and so I think that I feel like the Bible was thrown at us a lot. Um, there was a lot of like higher ups in the church. So we grew up Christian, a um, little bit background. So Kirsten and I both grew up Christian and our, we had met a church, which we told you guys the story about. And, um, our parents were involved in the church as well. Yeah. So this kind of put us in a spot of vulnerability at the fact that, um, I know that our parents had ran to people in the church for support for themselves. Um, they were obviously going through their journey of finding out that their girls were in love with the same sex and everything that they were taught not to be. Right. So I guess kind of where this starts out. So I, w I had been really involved in the youth groups. Um, we both volunteered in like the children's ministry and like they did like vacation Bible schools and I was on the worship team and very quickly after we were outed, those things became revoked. We had been told that we, I was no longer on the worship team. Um, when did you, what did you get told? Um, I just remember being like, I always volunteered for like vacation Bible school with my mom. And there was a point where like the pastor sat us down and pretty much told me and my mom, like in the same room that I wasn't allowed to participate and have like any interaction with the children. So I was offered a position in the kitchen to like meal prep essentially, but I was to not have any interaction with the children, which I found to be, I mean, just now like saying it and looking back, like what a joke, you know, they went to that extent. Meanwhile, you were 16. Yeah. I was a minor. Like <laughs> you were 16. Like the, and, and this was all stemmed off of you and I having a, dating relationship. Now, meanwhile, at this time, we'd only shared those couple little kisses and we're just starting to hold hands. Yeah. So there wasn't was, even... Like, pretty innocent at that point. It was. And it... the fact that it was taken so far by the church and, you know, I think it's so hard because, like, Ashley and I both were pretty involved, like, as much as, like, I didn't enjoy always being at youth group. Like, I had friends at church that... I spent time with people that lived near my house. Like they were, you know, my friends and like that all changed. Um, I was, we were kind of like singled out at church. Like we weren't really welcome to like engage with other people. Um, mm -hmm. I think they kind of were scared, you know, like, Oh, this could be like the new up and coming thing. Like we don't like, want it we to. We were now the bad influences. Yeah. It could spread. Um, <gasps> catch the gay. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, I do feel like that. I felt like we started, uh, you know, just not being able to participate in certain, th certain things. Um, it was almost like they were trying to control our activity within the church. And I do feel like they used a scare tactic to us in the regards of trying to scare us out of the gay and pray the gay way. And, you know, well, there was all like these multiple times that like, they were like, we can help, we can fix, like, we just need to pray. We just need to read the Bible. We can, 
we, we love you. That was, we, you know, one thing that we heard a lot was, well, we love, we love you, but we, we hate the sin and we right. can help with that. And that was like, I hate that. I hate that term. I hate it for anything. Like, I don't care what sin quote unquote you're talking I about. I love you, but there's, yeah, it was very conditional. And I think it made it really hard because I know Ashley's family was a little bit more involved in the church than like my parents exactly. But at the same time, like it changed the dynamic so quickly between like the relationships that now our parents were having at church. And I almost feel like there was like extra animosity towards us because of that. Like our parents held animosity or embarrassment almost because they were now having those awkward conversations with people about their kids. Yeah. And I can say that like the church did not help. Um, it kind of turned into, I, I, it's not to sound as victims or anything like that, but it kind of turned into the church and our parents against us, like choose or climb out. Yeah. Like you either are, you're choosing this lifestyle or you can be with the people that love you Mm -hmm. and you cannot do this. Yeah. And I felt, I, I felt in this moment that this wasn't a choice and I had known, I guess we can kind of go back to a little bit. I had known that, that I wasn't necessarily straight, but I wasn't necessarily like full on gay or lesbian. Like, I remember one time at school when I was in high school, they made an announcement and they were like, okay, friends, like, we're having a thespian club meeting. And I was like, wow, they have clubs for those people? Boy, was I surprised when I showed up and there was boys there. I was like, wait, they said it's that. And they were like, no, thespian's different than lesbian. So that was, that was a educational moment for me in my life when I was... Which young just, and like, in high school goes to prove that like we were just learning ourselves like we it was not like we googled the you know newest trend and let's do this and like how really, to piss like, off your parents yeah, how to like get you know abandoned by almost everyone and anything you know at the age of 16 and 17 you know like that was what bothered me is like not so much the quote-unquote like lifestyle because i think that that's just it's not a lifestyle. Um, but I think that it was like the choice of like, they like made it seem like we wanted that. Like we wanted to get, you know, ab- abandoned by everybody. We wanted to be singled out and prayed for. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I knew that our names were on the prayer list in the church. We're in the prayer chain. Yeah. Um, like we were diagnosed with cancer and I'm like, I think that field like just, I wish it could have been different. It's funny that you say that. So you said that during the first episode too, that our parents had freaked out, that people's reaction to us was like the end of the world. Like somebody had just found out that we had terminal cancer. Do you feel like a part of like, like there was some death in some relationships? Oh, for sure. In, in the regards of us coming out, is that like maybe, I just find that interesting that you've used that term twice now in the well, first episode and this our episode. our families, um people in our lives that went through a grieving process and like mm. very similar to like losing you're you're losing somebody but like they're still there it's a very right. weird to watch your family grieve a loss that like talk about being like a fly on the wall like your parents sitting there crying and grieving over the fact that their kid is gay yet you're like 
standing right there. Like, I'm perfectly fine. It's like that dream when you're trying to scream and, like, you're standing right there in front of yeah. everybody and you can't and nobody hears you, but you're waving your arms and... Yeah. Like, I remember It's like you don't exist, but you're standing right there. saying, like, she felt like she would never get to have grandkids. Um, that was, like, a comment she had made to me at one point in time. And I don't know. I didn't... At that time, like, kids weren't really on the forefront of my mind. But, like... We were kids. We were kids. Yeah, we, we didn't even know. But, like... It kind of made me think, like, for a second, like, why can't I have kids? Like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, it made me so, like, it was obvious she was grieving a loss. I think that, I think that you, de- we definitely had different experiences with our families because my family was already going through turmoil and there was a divorce happening and I suddenly didn't see my siblings any longer. Um, I mean, I saw them on occasion when they'd like come to my dad's house, but I was staying with my dad at the time. And that was a very hard and personal experience for myself and for my dad. And we both had our own, you know, crisis going on in our lives at the time. And we tried to just function and survive the best way that we could, um, during that time. And it was very touch and go between me and him it was you know we were good one day and the next day it was like dude like I need my space and I think that because I was at my age of being able to like leave and go out of the house and stay the night at a friend's house or whatever um you know I was almost an adult I was 17 so I was almost an adult that like I we had more of an adult relationship at that time like do what you want to do because I'm trying to deal with my crisis deal with your crisis type situation because we didn't have I don't think we had enough capacity and I didn't really have my mom around during that time. Um, and the little bit of interactions that I did have during that were just very awkward and uncomfortable and I think religious forced. Yeah. Had like a lot going on. Like your coming out wasn't the only focused situation happening at that point, which was like, Maybe good because I don't know how we would have handled both being the like focus of the family. I felt like, yeah, and I and I feel like mine was kind of tumbled. Like I felt like everybody was kind of falling off a cliff and holding on for dear life. And I felt like when I got outed, that was kind of that was like the branch that broke, and I just kind of fell off the cliff because and like it just everything else kind of moved on, and I was just down there. And I think that. I, I do. I, th- I think, and I think that everything happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we're the people that we are today because of the experiences that we've had. Um, but it was hard. And that was something that a lot of family and friends had told us like, Oh, like I'm never going to be a grandma or grandpa or an aunt or an uncle or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so we had, so we, okay. So we, which is so ironic because, like, they wanted to believe so fiercely that it was just a phase. But, like, why bring kids into it at that point? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we got very confusing, con- like, conflicting questions and statements thrown at us. Like, they were like, oh, it's just a phase, you know. And if it's like, okay, if really, that's it. Like, why are you so worried about it? Right. If this is just a phase, why are you worried you're never going to have grandkids? Yeah. But then, I don't know. So... I feel like our families, uh, could you imagine if it would have been like the opposite and we'd been like a heterosexual couple that had gotten together and gotten pregnant and told our families? Well, that did happen like in our church right around the same time that we got found out. And like, it was crazy the amount of like support support and love 
that person received right in light of getting pregnant at like 16 and it just like you know it's always I think we had a couple of different friends that were in those positions at school and in church and yeah I, I can think personally of like a handful like four or five that were going through that and it was crazy to see the amount of support that they received and I'm glad they did that's probably what they needed in their journey yeah. um and I'm glad that they had people to lean on in that moment in time and they had acceptance because they had an innocent life that was going to be affected by it and at least we were old enough to kind of think for ourselves and try to understand and organize our thoughts and stuff but we were in a very vulnerable spot yeah so okay so at this point in time we've essentially stopped going to church it's gotten to the point of expressing to us right now like Right now, you either choose your sin or you choose the church, and you choose God's love, and you yeah no I mean, longer there was talk like in and... and outs randomly in life with that church, like definitely like oh for a long time yeah it was but not like it was before um, no there was then... no involvement there was no volunteering there was no nothing of that sort no you're just a visitor and also like darkened the doorway um but I think <sighs> that you know I I don't know I think that like what that did for us as a couple though, is like you were the only person in my life right then and there that I felt actually loved me unconditionally. Right. And I think that like, if it, not that if it wasn't for the way that the church treated us, that things would be different between us, but like it did solidify a very strong foundation for us because we had to like have hard conversations a lot of like, this sucks. Like, how are you? Are you okay? Like, I know, like, this is just crazy. Like, it was honestly, like, such a whirlwind. But we were each other's anchors. And as, like, quote-unquote bad as people thought that, like, we were for each other, like, I can honestly say that, like, I don't know where I'd be if that wasn't the case. Like, if we weren't as close as we were. And, um... Right. And I, I, I was on a destructive survival mode. And wanting to go to the military and essentially do a a dangerous job and kind of just give my life to the military at that point in time. I didn't have, I always, I always thought that I was going to die early or young. I didn't, you know, I didn't have the greatest mindset during this time of my life. And that's why I was like, okay, well, military is where it's at. If something happens, so be it. But, you know, at least I served or gave my time or whatever it was that I just wasn't a very bad mindset at that time. So then we connected and we started kind of being each other's, I don't want to say crutch, but like we definitely were the only, I don't know. You were the only person that was going through what I was going through. And I think that like we, it was so close. Like we were going to the same church. So we were like encountering the same people and it was just like as hurtful as all of that was to be a part of. Like, I think, we owe a little bit of like, in like kind of a bad way, but like we owe the church a little bit of like, thanks for like making our relationship stronger. Right. You know, because when you are watching how the people that are like taught to love you and like they say like we, you know, God loves everybody. And then they turn around and tell you that like you're not worthy to be there anymore. Like you, you're not going to turn around and like, want to spend time with those people you're going to turn around and like run to the person that's like behind you 
listening to the same thing, you know? And I think that we honestly just like our love just like kind of grew during that time and we leaned on each other. Right. So at this time, at this time, we're still both at our parents' houses. Yeah. This is like very early in the whole coming out situation. So we're still, we're still there at this time. We've, we've, we kind of start reaching out to some friends because we need to kind of grow our support system. We needed to also, we have, you know, these amazing friends in our lives at the time too, that, um, we already had our family kind of giving us this ultimatums. And, um, I think we were looking for support and also kind of like, is this really that bad? Or is this just the church or is this just our parents? Because they're supposed to quote unquote, teach us what is good. And so we started kind of telling a couple of friends and, our most of our like first handful of friends that we told were actually like amazing about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think that that was, I remember we told one friend and we were like, so like, we have something to tell you. And they're like, okay. And we're like, so like we're dating. And they took it as like, oh my God, like, who are you dating? Like, you guys are both (laughs) dating somebody. Who are you guys dating? We were like, (laughs) each other. And then it was like, what? Oh my God, like, this is so exciting. Oh my God, this is so exciting. So, I mean, like that, that was like the few, there was like count, like countless people that were dis- disappointed when they found out we were together. And then the very small handful of people that were like happy for us. And like those moments were so just such a like relief, honestly, like those were the moments that you're like, you know, okay, like it's going to be okay. You know? Right. And I think that that was, I think that that was huge. And that's kind of started building our village. Yeah. That was kind of like the basis of like building our village. And a lot of those people are still in our lives today. Yeah. And I know that we lost a ton of friends. Um, had a lot of friends that would be like, I know I had a couple of friends that were like, well, I had one friend that was like, we made a pact. We made a pact that we wouldn't go lesbian because one of our other friends, um, started dating another girl in high school. And I remember them being like no, like we have to have a pact. We can't, we can't go gay. We can't go gay. And then when I told them, they were like, no, you can't be, well, we can't be friends. Like we made a pact. You can't, you went against the pact. And like, (laughs) you know, but that was their, that was their reaction and they're entitled to their reaction in that regard. You know, that's, that's, that's them. Right. But I, I mean, it was like so different 18 years ago, you know, like look how far, life has come the world has come so i feel like now if like i didn't know any like trans bisexual wasn't really a thing and it was almost like i mean talked down upon i remember people telling them like well pick like just pick what you are like you can't like have the best of both worlds bisexual in our school was just like you went to a party on the weekend and made out with a girl whoops I mean, like, well, it just, it wasn't talked was about. Really it was like, there's gay, bo- there's gay boys and there's lesbian girls. Like, yeah, there was not all of these other different, you know, pronouns weren't a thing then. No. Trans was not a thing then. So it's come like, well, it was a I thing. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like, but a. it wasn't, tr- it wasn't yeah. so accepting and trending almost as it is now. Like somebody says like, you know, if, if somebody tells somebody that they're trans, like it is, there's way less shock factor in in so much more of the population there's still such a fight there's still so much that we're like 
that, you know, this community is working towards in equality and acceptance and love is love. And so, but like, I know that when we were younger, like I had, we were both so naive anyways, that I didn't have any education on it whatsoever. I remember, um, I remember PFLAG got involved. Oh Yeah. I remember P-Flag got involved and they were like, we have moms here that love you. And if you ever need a mom hug, like, like, I remember that. And I remember like going to our first pride Yeah. in that regard and just seeing that like, this wasn't the end of the world. No. This was not this was our doom. To, yeah. This was nothing to like throw up your hands over and call it a day. You know what I mean? Like it was just so over. It was completely overdone. And I think a lot of it has to do with like the church and like that just caused an uproar that like honestly didn't need to happen. But, um, yeah, I think that like it just gave us a whole new platform for our relationship and like we had to depend on each other to get through this. Yeah. So it did. It kind of pushed us together more a little bit. So, okay. So we get out of like going to church as much cause we're not as involved in church and we start hanging out even more so at this point. So we're going to school and I started pretty much hanging out at your school all the time. Yeah. Um, I started struggling going through, like going through school and going through classes. It was like my senior year and I had transferred to my school from a charter school. And so our curriculum was completely different. So a lot of the friends that I was making, I had already taken junior and senior classes at my charter school. And so the credits, when I went to this public school were like, Oh, well you need the, you need this freshman class or the sophomore class. So I have all of my peers around me and my classes were freshmen and sophomores. And I was, I was a junior and senior. So I was very bored. I was very frustrated. I had a lot going on in my life. Um, and every, everything that mattered to me at this point in time was down in your town and it was you and it was going to your school and like the things you were involved in. Yeah. So, and we both, I think at this, uh, did we both have cars at this time? I think so. I think we both, both had cars at this time. I went without a car for a while. My, my first car ended up breaking down and that was kind of, that made things really hard. Yeah. There was a lot that happened, I think, with logistical things, trying to get to and from gas money, jobs, you know, you're 16, 17 years old. Um, But we, you know, I think eventually it just kind of became like, this was what we were used to. We were just kind of like used to living in like a limbo all the time. Like you felt accepted at home one night, so you stayed there, but then like things would get weird and you'd be like, oh, not going to stay here for a few nights. Like, And we had some awesome friends that we stayed with, but we also had like, we went and like rented hotels and we camped when it was nice weather outside. We went to camping sites and like pitched a tent and just went camping. We, um, I know there were some nights that I couch surfed. Um, there was nights where I didn't have a place to stay. So sometimes I slept in the back of Kirsten's car. That was, that was home for quite some time for me. The back of, uh, Johnny Jetta. (laughs) Johnny Jetta. (laughs) Um, there were times where I wasn't allowed to stay in your car. Yeah. And so there were times that if I couldn't couch surf that sometimes I snuck home and stayed in our heated garage. Um, that was only maybe two or three times. There were times that 
I stayed at a park a couple times. I stayed in the dugout at the softball field a couple of times. But, um, so I did. It made it hard. I kind of filled my life. I ended up um, essentially dropping out of school. So long story short, I was having to meet with a counselor at this time because I, at this time I was trying to work things out and we had everything going on at home. And my, my dad at the time was like, you know, like you're not going to school and like, that's your job is to like go to school. And so if you're not going to school, like, and you have all this other stuff going on, I just don't know that it's best that you stay here. Like, I think it might be best if you leave. So it's not like he kicked me out, but like, he also kind of just told me like, you're, you're not doing your end of the bargain or you're not doing your end of the job. And there's a lot going on. Like, I think it'd be best if you left. And, you know, that was hard at that time. And it made me and his relationship a little rocky. I went back and stayed with him a couple of times. Um, but it was definitely a roller coaster. And I know he was just doing the best that he could, um, at that time. And that's exactly what I was doing. We were both in our own survival modes and on our own path at that time. Um, but it made it hard. So I was meeting with my school counselor and, um, essentially I'd have to go and meet for like 15, 20 minutes or so of a class every day because I essentially didn't have a home. And so we had made the arrangement cause I had essentially exclaimed to her that, or explained to her that if like, if she reported that like I was a minor that didn't have a home or that I was homeless or whatever, that like, if she reported it, like I was going to disappear. So she was like, okay, you have to meet with me daily and like check in. So I know you're okay. I was like, cool. Well, then she went on like a counselor retreat and I had to meet with another counselor at the time. And that counselor was not excusing me from my classes at that moment. So I was, I think after like 10 minutes of class, you get marked absent. So the, the, um, attendance line was calling my house and that's kind of how my dad found out. So it was essentially, was I missing some classes? Yes. But what I, what ended up getting back to my dad at the time was a big misunderstanding and I was going to school, I was going to class and, um, I essentially dropped out. So, um, I was still going to school and my counselor came back and was like, what happened while I was gone? And so, yeah, so I couldn't go back to school at the time and I didn't have a lot of urge to go back to school. I just had, there was so much going on in our lives. It didn't seem necessary for me to go and, and sit in the class at that moment in time. And so I got jobs. So I was working at a movie theater. I was working at fast food joints. And then I was bussing tables at your work. <laughs> well, I would wait for you to get off work. I would bust tables for tips. So, um, but at this point in time, like you and I were still inseparable. Like I would wait for you in your car yeah. <laughs> while you were at school. Um, who was your, you had an officer at your school that was super nice to both of us. Yeah. Very accepting and kind. Um, he, he, I know he made a big impact to us too. Just how he was a mentor person that didn't really know us. That was very, just so accepting. Yeah. He was awesome. I think that just kind of like launched us into the adulthood of our relationship in a sense where we went from kids going to school full time involved in the church, doing our like volunteer type stuff, I guess that you would call it. And then now we're both getting jobs and I stayed in school. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't go as often as I probably should have gone, but also when, you know, the world is crumbling around you, it's hard to find the like real cause. Why should I go to history class? You know, I went to choir a lot. That was kind of my place. Ugh. Um, but you know, I did have a job 
And eventually, you know, we were able to get that first apartment that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't feel like we ever really skipped a beat, even though there was so much turmoil behind the scenes of family and all of that. But we kind of just like steadfast, like kept our eyes on the prize of like, we knew we wanted to be together. Yep. And that was the goal. And... Honestly, like, sometimes I'm shocked. I'm like, did we really do all of that? Like, did we honestly go through all of the things that we've been through? And it's crazy to look back and, you know, like, now that we have children, think about them going through something that hard. Like, never would I ever let that happen. But at the same time, you know, I'm like, wow, we were persistent. (laughs) We were. And and everything that should have knocked us down didn't um but I don't know how we kept getting up but but we did and I think that a lot of that had to do with just we were true just like young and in love yeah like we we would oh man music was such a big thing we'd constantly be putting together different playlists for each other and And drive on the cds you know oh yeah yeah I burned you a cd Yep. Gosh, you know, and, or we'd just go, I remember just like going to the store and picking out like four or five or six CDs at a time and being like, okay, you have to listen to number two and then number seven and then switch discs and then this one and then that one. Like if we were heterosexual, like our love story would have been like the, the church probably would have taken a picture of us and like put on a wall because like we were so cute and like, well, and we... We had it was such a genuine, yeah, it was such a genuine relationship. Like there was the only problem in their eyes was that we were two girls. So right. it's just crazy to think sometimes, you know, that like it was, it'd be as easy as that for them to accept. If one of us just would have been the opposite sex, yeah, it would have been just fine. Yeah. But we, well, we were, we were persistent and we still are to this day. I think that like, <laughs> if anything, it's taught us that, you know, you really truly can have what you seek in life and like, whether that be love or whatever career, like Ash and I have really found a way to like, I don't know, manifest and like really focus Ugh. on like getting what you want out of this life. Because I truly feel like every person deserves to have that, but like takes work and dedication like there were not all rainbows and sunshine like during our first I don't know five six seven years of our relationship like well and so it was an uphill battle constantly it was and I think that once we got our first apartment together and we both had a place to stay and we were together and like I remember that being just like such a weight off of our shoulders for me, especially like, because I was working, I had to make sure that like, I did not want you to not be able to finish school. And like, it was like our safe place. Like we were safe together, but then we had like a place to be safe together. It was like, like, so, and it was so us. Yeah. Like we had the, (laughs) we had the comfiest sectional couch that we had gotten from a mentor. We had a little like old school entertainment center with a like box TV in it. And we had just like a chipped and stained like third hand kitchen table. And we had, you know, that, that old school wire bed. And I think we put like black stars up the side of the wall. Oh yeah. We painted, we painted and we put like, 
black stars in the very corner of like our bedroom up the wall and over the side and then we've put white stars on a black um comforter to like mix match like <laughs> we had the black lights black had... lights were a big thing they were <laughs> i remember they were a big thing they oh were my they gosh. could get them at the dollar store but they were like five dollars they were not one dollar but, but i remember yeah. just like it was like you know it was not all new stuff it was mm. but it was home it was the first time i had felt home in so long yeah and i think like you know you you just would like hop skip and jump right over to school like i know it was right there it wasn't even enough for your like heater to turn on I in your I car <laughs> <laughs> i think that like we were literally that close to your school at the time and then you i would have go thrown to work. a football into the like field across the street like it was that in close. your football field yep yeah you could hear the bell go like yeah i could hear the bell from like, our late. window <laughs> so but you know it's like we finally were home and that's, I think that's when it, like, we'd already started falling in love and, like, we had this deep connection from our yeah. friendship. And then we started talking about, like, our feelings to each other. But I and... think that, like, once we, like, finally got our apartment, it was, like, the, I don't know, like, confirmation that I needed to know that, like, we can have a life together. Like, it wasn't just, like, this story or this like event happening to cause all this drama like once we got like our first apartment it was like that was it like I was sold sold on this life sold on this life with her like this is happening you know let's do it so right so and I think that what was so I mean we're so we finally had a safe place right and we had a place that we could have our friends over. Our, so many of our friends were so accepting to us and gave us a place to go and be like us and hang out and have fun. And we had, I mean, we had friends all over the place that were like that. We had friends up in like my town from where I was from that were awesome. And their parents were kind and welcoming to us. We had friends that were down on your side of town that you went to school with. I think that it was kind of crazy because at that time, most of everyone that I was friends with from high school, I only had like one or two at the time anymore. And then we were essentially hanging out with your crowd at school and you didn't have a big crowd, but we were close with your crowd. And I think that that was something that like we had finally created like our safe place so we can start really putting into our relationship and seeing where this was going to go and seeing if this was it a real thing. It actually gave us like the option to like, I don't know. It just felt so like real almost like, cause there were so many surreal things that happened. Like I can't even explain to you guys, like the things that were said and the things that happened to us. Like when we got I mean, found we were out, always, we were always just on like the ready to like Oh, it was like fight or flight constantly. All the time. It was like, and it was like, it was fearful too. Like there was a lot of hateful words that were said. Right. And it was just like finally like settling into our apartment. Like, can we like laugh now? Like, can we like we actually did. just like laugh and like enjoy each other's company without it being this like, you know, fight or flight constant like concern. And like, that's what we did. Like we. And that was the beginning of your senior year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of your senior year and you still had your whole senior year to go to graduate yeah. and you were and a little I was behind. Be I was behind. So you had, you were kind of double, t double I was tagging. doing night classes, weekend classes. 
you pretty much schooled 24 seven schooled. That was kind of what was going on. And I worked all time, mm-hmm. but we like found time to have fun. Oh, we totally found time to have fun. Well, and the nice thing too, is that by the time that we had gotten our first apartment, I had already been working for five, six months. So we had paid rent in advance quite a bit Yeah, because we weren't old enough to sign the lease. So our mentor had signed the lease for us in the meantime. We had enough to pay up until I was 18 and then some. So we were doing utilities. We were learning how to save for the next months to come. And then just trying to survive. And I think that's where like we started like really finding who we were at that time. Yeah. And what people we wanted in our lives and what people we had to. I think that's when we first started learning how to like set some boundaries, like what we were okay with, what we weren't. And it was, that was the start. We were nowhere near good enough to, at doing it. Yeah. Um, I know that we let people come in and out and in and out and in and out when like of our lives and having says and not having says. And it, there was a lot of triggering that happened. Um, I remember being terrified of your mom asking you to go to church with you because you'd go to church with her and they would like corner you at church <laughs> and like, half the time you'd have meetings after church or whatever. And you'd come home and be like, I don't know, maybe we should break up for a little bit. Like, I just need to like figure this out. And like, we'd have like a solid cry. And then like that night we'd be like, no, I'm not gonna let them get to me. Like, right. I'm, like they don't have a say in this. Yeah. Like they've already told us how they feel. We already know how they feel. And so like, but that was hard. That was a huge trigger for us. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I think it just felt so, it was always like an ultimatum. It felt with like always. family and church and like, you know, it's hard. I was, you know, my mom was a single mom with me. So like, it was always just me and my mom. So when you have that like person that's been with you your whole life, like sitting there pretty much being like, if you just like come and like join the light side, like we can have this all back again. Like that's like what was dangled in front of me. And I think that like looking back, I'm like, that's so not fair, but like, glad that I stood strong. Well, cause what we had was supposedly the dark side, but yeah, it was the yeah. only time we were happy. Right. Uh, and so it, it, it was, it was just a, it was a lot to, to take in and to understand, especially at such a young age. So oh, yeah. that was, but once we got our apartment, that was our safe zone. That was our bubble. That was our safe zone. And that's where Kirsten and I really started digging deep and building onto the foundation of Ash and Kirsten, I think that was the first places that we really told each other that, like, we loved each other. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, trying to, like, make nice dinners and, like, have, like, date nights at home because we didn't have a lot of money to, like, yeah. really go out. But, like, heck, we'd go across the street to the Blackjack and get ourselves personal pan pizzas or some pink sauce and yes, we thought we go were sit the... on the football field, the soccer field across the street. And we spent a lot of time outside With under the, the stars. neighbors, too. We'll have to talk about that at some point. Oh, the neighbors. We should definitely talk about the neighbors. Oh, my goodness. You guys are going to have a crack up on the neighbors. We had some very interesting people come into our lives. Yes. To say the least. Yes. So, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on episode number two. We can't wait to share these next episodes with y'all. You can find us on Spotify or on Anchor. And if you have the opportunity, hit the follow button. Um, follow our Instagram page. It's the Ash and Kirst. That's our handle. We post on there all the time. Um, we've got a lot of opportunities too to ask us questions that you can hear on the podcast. Um, but thank you all so much for being here, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.